0: You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number fifty. Wow, episode number fifty! Time flies. You know, I started this podcast in June of 2015. Uh, this is I'm, I'm recording this in uh, late May of 2017, so the two year anniversary is just right around the corner. The time flies. I've had a lot of fun doing this podcast met a lot of great uh, writers uh, great people learned a ton and so i hope that uh, you have enjoyed it as well um, there'd be no podcast without the listeners without you guys listening to this and downloading it so thank you very much i appreciate you uh, uh, listening and subscribing to the podcast and so uh, for episode number 50 so i have a very uh, special guest i'm really excited to have her uh, for this episode it's uh, new york times and usa today best-selling author of thrillers with a supernatural edge, J.F. Penn. Uh, J.F., uh, she's uh, Oxford-educated, uh, British-born, and has traveled the world in her study of religion and psychology. And She brings these obsessions as well as a love for thrillers and an interest in the supernatural to her writing. Uh, her fast-paced arcane thrillers weave together historical artifacts, global locations. She's got a kick-ass protagonist and a hint of the supernatural to her novels. And she writes a couple other series as well, so we've talked to her about her work, her books, the research that she does is fascinating, and uh, a lot more. So please uh, join me here for episode number 50 of Meet the Thriller Author. I want to thank you so much for for agreeing to be on it. I, I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk to you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background for our listeners, please?
1: Yeah, sure. So first of all, I'm English, as you can probably tell from my accent. And I live in Bath, which is in the southwest of England. And and it is um, 2,000-year-old Roman Baths in the center of town. So very uh, interesting place. Um, I have a degree in theology from Oxford. And that sort of religious um, aspect does come through in my books. Uh, I love walking and reading and traveling. And I travel a lot. And uh, that also comes through into my thrillers. And uh, I'm a cat person and I like a nice gin and tonic so uh, there you go, that's a few things
0: <laughs> All good stuff, yeah Cats a gin and tonic, can't go wrong with that <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very relaxing
0: yeah, it's very relaxing, yeah, can you just see the, the, the cat on your lap as you're having a gin and tonic Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I, I should say also, I, I am a full-time writer now, but um, I was—I spent uh, 13 years implementing accounts payable into large corporates. So I was a cubicle slave, um, you know, in the corporate world. Uh, if people are wondering what I did before, I was a bit more creative with my life.
0: <laughs> that's that's an interesting coincidence. I used to be a IT support for the accounts payable department for a big corporation <laughs> in, yeah, the, in the there states. You go. Wow, small world. <laughs> So I know how much exciting I know how exciting that was.
1: Oh yeah, yeah! I was probably phoning you all the time.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your books? Uh, you have uh, you have several series out, um, including I think the arcane thrillers are probably your best known uh, uh, thrillers. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, about those books?
1: Yeah, sure. So, yeah, the Arcane um, series has nine books now. And I kind of see there's sort of Dan Brown meets Laura Croft, um, you know, sort of um, the religious thriller with an en- edge of the supernatural and uh, sort of adventure around the world, stopping global conspiracies. And, um, you know, there always lots of thrilling stuff, but also a good dose of history and um, interesting uh, religious um, stuff and myth. And I-, I love all that. So that's cool. And then I have the London psychic crime thrillers, uh, which I sort of describe as Stephen King meets Tess Gerritsen so they they have a British detective but a supernatural edge and um, she works with a a psychic researcher at the British Museum so that's set in London obviously because London's in the title but Arcane is set all around the world Um, and then I have a couple of standalones so Risen Gods is set in New Zealand um, with the ancient gods rising as the earthquakes shake the the land and very much based in living in New Zealand and what actually happens there (laughs) so um, those are my main um, series, and, and I'm, I'm working on something else now, but you know how it goes. You start writing and you get more and more ideas.
0: What, uh, what's your latest book that you have out now?
1: Well, um, I my very, very latest book was actually co-written with three other authors. Um, we got on the train in Chicago and took the um, Amtrak down to New Orleans, and uh, the four of us wrote um, a book called American Demon Hunters' Sacrifice.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> As, I mean,
1: It's totally fun. It's just a dark fantasy thriller um, where basically, and it's set on the train. So um, the book opens with the characters get on the train and then the book ends when the train arrives in New Orleans, uh, you know, with a a lot of... a lot of bad things happen along the way and the, and the four characters meet and have to sort of stop the demons destroying America uh, so that's kind of the latest that's the latest book um, but that I didn't entirely write that one obviously that was co so that my latest arcane book uh, is end of days which is based around the various snake mythologies in in history and religion the serpent in the pit of revelation and the serpent in Eden and the demon Lilith and uh, when an ancient sarcophagus is found in the deepest part of the ocean there's a hunt for the seven seals of revelation that can open it and uh, morgan and jake from the arcane agency must stop the apocalypse before the blood moon rises over jerusalem very exciting stuff all all my stuff is a little bit uh you know dark fantasy end of the world type stuff but good triumphs that's kind of my my important thing
0: (laughs) yeah that sounds like a lot of fun so you so you had mentioned that you studied theology. So you must, that must really come in handy then when you're writing your thrillers <laughs> or the arcade Yeah, series. I think, yeah.
1: I mean... It is really interesting because I am I am fascinated by the supernatural. And I, I you know, when people say, well, oh, what are the themes of your books? And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the question of good versus evil, um, which, you know, I see Stephen King tackling a lot, you know, and the fact that there's good versus evil in the world and, um, you know, bad things happen, but hopefully good people stop them. And that, that sort of, some there is something more than the things that we see so i mean it's not like i've fought demons on a train or you know stopped the the snake of revelation destroying the world but it's it's so fascinating when we take um mythology and um you know religious uh sort of texts and what i tend to do is uh, i mean in the arcane books at the beginning of most of my books there's a quote um from from the bible or from some kind of scripture and then I take that and turn that into a story. So, so the books are sort of ninety-five percent based on truth and real places. Um, like in End of Days, the the there's a cistern under the Western Wall between the Dome of the Rock, the Muslim side, and and the Western Wall, the the Jewish side. And you know, if you put uh, something down there, think there's going to be trouble. So, you know, things like that. And I actually went down and visited the cistern, and you know, thought that this would be a very cool location. <laughs> (laughs) something in my thriller so so the you know the theological aspect comes through but they're not christian books um i want to state that i'm not actually a christian um but i'm very respectful of of all religions and you know in fact my destroyer of worlds which is said in india is based in in hindu um uh, religion so i i just i'm so fascinated by something more than just the physical world i guess
0: Mm Hmm. And then the third. And then, what's the background of your of your main characters? Uh, What's their? uh, Are they like uh, soldiers or or cops or theologians? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, a really good point. So Morgan Sierra, who is my main character with the Arcane series, she is she's actually an Oxford University psychologist, but she's ex-Israeli defense force, so ex-military. But her mother was Christian and her father was Jewish. And so I bring in that religious aspect. Um, yes, she has some special skills from the military. She has Krav magar and things like that. And she works alongside Jake Timber, who's also ex-military. So, you know, like many, many thrillers, you have to have some kind of um special skills that your characters have or they can't like fight and things but uh, because i'm i mean i'm definitely heavier on the on the myth and the places and the setting and the the character than i am on like guns and fighting there is some guns and fighting but you know don't expect clive Cussler or <laughs> you know sort of dirk petson thrillers um but yeah they they and my um uh, in the London psychic crime thrillers, uh, Jamie Brooke is a is a policewoman. So again, some special skills there. But it, you know, I love researching this stuff. Um, and you know, I, I did try and go to a crime maga class, but I got I got a lot of um, you know I got kicked a lot and came home and cried and went. Do you know what? I think I'll stay in the
0: books. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, wow, that's a, that was pretty hardcore to do one of those courses. <laughs> yeah, I have noticed that, and I was just uh, when I was looking at you preparing for the uh, interview, I was looking at your website and you had an article of when you were visiting Israel. Um, and I, I remember seeing also a video where you were like at a firing range uh, Testing different uh, weapons. <laughs> yeah. So you you put in a lot of research into this. Now you took that uh, the that class of where you got kicked all over the place.
1: <laughs> oh well, I you know I think part of this is ten years ago I looked at my life when I was in accounts payable and I was so miserable. You know I, I had a great job and everything according to society, but I was really miserable and I thought, what do I want to really do with my life? And I really love reading and I like writing and I like being on my own a lot, <laughs> but I also love to travel and learn new things. So like being a writer is a fantastic job and living and life for me because I basically go around, um, you know, doing things and then uh, writing books that are set in those places, or you know, bringing those things into my stories. So yeah, it is really cool. And that, that shooting range was in Budapest. Um, I've got a book called One Day in Budapest, which is based uh, around the ro- rise of the right wing in Hungary, which is is true. It's kind of awful. Um, and we visited the mass grave, and my husband's family are Jewish, so I you know we went there and saw his um the grave of his ancestors and things, and so it was it was really pretty amazing. And then we went down this soviet bunker and shot a load of guns now obviously i'm british we don't have guns really in the generally in our society i mean obviously in the criminal end but not really in the law enforcement even so guns are just not normal around britain so you have to go to budapest to <laughs> to, to shoot some but i figured i should you know
0: yeah, yeah. what was that experience like was it kind of freaky or <laughs>
1: Oh no! I mean, I really, I enjoyed it for you know for many reasons. Like I enjoyed it because I think it's good to understand how these things Mm -hmm. work and to have a healthy respect and you know and around the gun obviously guns are a difficult topic but you know i think handling guns with respect and as a thriller writer i think it's very hard to avoid guns Mm -hmm. i mean it's something that is pretty fundamental in a thriller (laughs) to have some kind of fighting at some point and it would be disingenuous not to have any weapons Um, although often you know morgan does fight with her, her, her hands. And Krav Maga is much more of a, you know, a martial art. Um, but yeah, it was, I think it was really interesting. I mean, I haven't shot a gun since, to be honest, but it was fascinating from that point of view and good for research purposes. And a lot of Americans, you know, do this more regularly.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little more than, a little more than in, than in England. <laughs> yeah. So um, when you decided to uh, start writing uh, or try to write uh, in fiction, was it um did you choose thrillers in action? Is that like a genre that you enjoyed as a reader before you try to write a book in it?
1: Yeah, and I think that's so important. I don't know how you could write a book in a genre you don't love, because you know, <laughs> you, if if you want to do this for a you know for a living, you have to write a lot of books, and so you have to really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, when I used to work that day job, and you you'll know this, yeah, um, I would do my I would be there at my desk, and then I would just be hanging out for a break. And when I went on break, I would be reading, and I would always be reading thrillers. And for me, it was escapism for my from my day job, and um, my miserable day job. And then I'd be I'd spend my lunch hour in a in a thriller somewhere else in the world and so when I write now obviously from a selfish reason I write for me because I look at all the cool places I get to travel to and but then I also r- am writing that book for the me who was in that you know trapped in that job and for any readers who are you know want to escape their life just for a, a few hours um you know that's what we offer with our stories is a chance to escape and experience the world with leaving the armchair (laughs) and um you know and also I like to think that I bring something more than just the story so like I said the the question of good versus evil or you know whether there really is a supernatural because I always I always try and keep obviously apart from demon hunters on the train but my arcane series is very much you could see this as scientific you could see this as supernatural so I try and sort of stay on that knife edge of of you know is this real or is this something else um which is is what I'm really interested in so yeah it's it, I definitely write from my own love of thrillers and I read a lot of thrillers still um, but I also write for those people who need to escape
0: were you always writing like when you were uh, younger or did you start when you decided to uh, write these uh, books
1: well I always wrote journals like you know the angsty journals you write when you're a teenager and you know I'd write pen friend letters and, and of course I did English um at, you know our early um, exams A-levels they're called over here and then uh, you know I, I always read but I never thought that I could be a writer really until the world changed with the advent of the Kindle, sort of 10 years ago now, amazingly, we talk now, so 2007, 2008, as the ebook kind of revolution started, I really saw that that was that could really revolutionize what being a writer could be. And that it, it made it made it possible to make a living as a writer. And that's, you know, that's kind of when I made that decision. And also, I guess the other thing, I should be thankful for Dan Brown, because before Dan Brown, um, my favorite book was really um, Umberto Eco's The Name of the Rose. And actually that book is, I read it again recently and it's really hard. Like it's a hard book to read. Like the film is awesome, but the book the book is, it's not that fun to read, you know. And then Dan Brown took that kind of religious thriller um, genre and kind of, you know, revolutionized it in the Da Vinci Code. And then of course, Steve Berry, James Rollins and a whole load more authors um, sprung up in his wake. And, and I see myself as part of that group um, who've sort of, you know, if you if you can write, a story about things that you're really interested in and that you're curious about, then there will be readers who are curious about the same stuff
0: you Mm -hmm. are. That's a good point, yeah, because it's it's not we're alone, you know, so if you're interested in it, somebody else is going to be interested in it too. (laughs) Never thought about it that way. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. And and what's lovely about the international markets now and and being, you know, on, on Kindle and Kobo and iBooks and all these places is that even if in your country there aren't people who like that stuff. There are probably people in the world who like mm-hmm. that stuff. <laughs> so you can actually, you know, reach readers all over the world, which is which is super exciting. And as a reader, you can read books by authors from all around the world, So which is also cool.
0: That is really cool. Yeah, like I've read books uh, from uh, British authors, you know, about the, like I really didn't know anything about like the British, uh, you know, police or anything like that until I started reading uh, indie mm-hmm. books about British cops, you know, so it's kind of, I would have never, you yeah. know, before that, nobody was really writing those, so you really get, a, it's really cool to see that uh, happening in the last uh, five, six, ten years. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And so, what's your writing process? Do you, um, are you do you, like, outline uh, everything before you start writing?
1: I I tend to get an idea and then think about it for quite a long time so at the moment I'm thinking about a new series I'm going to write which is based on maps and cartography um and and some really interesting ideas around immigration and stuff like that but it within the realms of a sort of a fantasy world if people have read Lainey Taylor um who wrote Daughter of Smoke and Bone and uh she's she's amazing And, and I kind of want to write something that flips between two different worlds so I'm thinking about this and i have the idea and i've started to think about some of the the characters but i don't <laughs> i'm more of a pantser when it comes to when i sit down and a lot changes when i actually start writing so i'm a bit of a a bit of both but certainly nowhere near someone like jeffrey diva you know who writes a 200 <laughs> yeah. page outline for a 400 yeah, page book <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> you know what i mean so and and someone like james patterson i think does outline a lot and works with co-authors but but then someone like stephen king or you know lee child write just from the seat of their pants and i'd say i'm i'm nearer the pantsers than the plotters but <laughs> <laughs> i have a, a dash of plotters and so
0: what's your what's your uh, i know it's kind of a hard question because it can vary so much but like a, when you're in the zone and you're writing a a, a book what's uh like your writing day like
1: when I am ready to write that book, so I'm writing a nonfiction at the moment, but with fiction, like, um, well, as soon as I say, right, I'm starting the book on this day. It's usually a Monday because that's a good day to start. <laughs> um, I will, I go to a cafe. So I have, and I totally recommend this if people want to write, um, I wear noise canceling headphones and I go to somewhere away from my desk because at my desk, I do things like this and my admin and things like that. So I go to a cafe. I, I, I block out time in my diary and it's usually, I'm a morning person so I write in the morning so I'll do a two hour block at one cafe and you really only need to buy one black coffee an hour <laughs> yes. to sit in a certain, certain cafe so I do my two coffees in one cafe and then depending on how it's going I will walk, have a walk and then walk to another cafe and do a second session and by lunchtime I'm pretty much dead so probably four hours of actual writing Um, and I try and get that first draft done as fast as possible so you know try and get it done within a month basically so a month to six weeks to do the first draft and then obviously there's the editing phase which can take a while as well so but really that first draft is the only time when I will go to the cafe every single day and write and then obviously then it's the editing and other things and I do that at the cafe as well but I listen to rain and thunderstorms through my noise cancelling headphones and that's what Keeps me in in the zone and uh, definitely helps.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I've had, I had a hard time with music because I get distracted. That's interesting to try out uh, like nature sounds.
1: Yeah, I just find rain. I mean, it's enough of a noise, and also with the noise cancelling, you know, you you basically shut out all the external noise. And it just really helps you concentrate and get into that first draft writing phase, which can be obviously
0: hard. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you use, uh, do you use like a, are you like a Scrivener user or do you just use Word?
1: No, absolutely Scrivener. Um, I wrote my first novel, Stone of Fire, in Word, and I would never, ever go back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I love Scrivener. I mean, you know, yeah. pretty much. I, I mean, I don't know many writers who don't use Scrivener at this point because it's so useful. And I don't write in order as well, which is why Scrivener makes it even better because I can write different scenes and then move them around later. So, yeah, I am totally love Scrivener.
0: Yeah, that's a great, uh, it's a great product. I'm the same way, too. I love to be able to drag the folders around. <laughs> I really like your covers, and I, and I remember noticing that uh, a lot of the uh, authors like yourself and Russell Blake, they, you change your covers every now and then. Is that, um, is that just because you notice changes in the market and you decide, oh, I'm going to change it? or I was curious about that when I see authors changing covers.
1: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, first of all, changing covers is completely normal. All all traditional publishers will change covers on older books. Um, you know, if they want to, if you look at something like, I don't know, To Kill a Mockingbird, there will have been a myriad covers on a book like that because they re release it every now and then with with a new cover. But in terms of my covers, um some of it has been rebranding. So I think when you first start to write, you don't really know what you're writing. <laughs> For example, Stone of Fire, the original title was Pentecost and I wrote Pentecost, Prophecy and Exodus, which to me the words, you know, because I'm a theologian, um, the words had a lot of meaning, but people thought they were Christian novels. Mm-hmm. But they're not Christian novels, they're just based around um, you know, Christian Christian myth and history. And so I rebranded as Stone of Fire, Crypt of Bone, Ark of Blood. And that's, you know, end of days. These are my arcane titles now. So I I did different covers when I rebranded and sort of, you know, rebranded into more of a mainstream thriller look and feel and um, which you know the running running couple you know away mm-hmm. from certain things and you know there are genre conventions and then my London psychic series is is a lot darker so the covers are dark and but again I I tried like three different covers on that first one desecration because I hadn't yet really worked out where that book fitted in in the market um and this is one of the sort of pros and cons of being an indie author is that um you might not really know exactly where your book fits but one of the amazing things is of course all you need to do is upload a new cover and you know move it so um, risen gods is another good example i put a cover on that um we thought it we thought it was Things—it's not horror. It's not a horror novel. It does have demons in, but it's not horror. Like there's no gore. Well, a, there's a bit of gore, but not very much. <laughs> um, so we we've changed it to a sort of dark fantasy, urban fantasy with um, a male character on the front, with a sort of the look of volcanoes and and magic around it. And it's almost not even magic. It's that kind of mythology um, of the Maori people. So changing that cover actually has made a huge difference, and more people have picked up that book. While when it has a different cover. So I think it's very important to write your book from your heart. I mean, some people do write to market, but I tend to write from my heart, which means I might not know exactly where it fits. <laughs> <laughs> but over time, we find our market.
0: Uh, yeah, well, your, your covers are, are beautiful. I'm looking at, at, at them right now. <laughs> they look great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I want to ask you about. Uh, I saw it on your website. Uh, the Destroyer of Worlds uh, has been nominated. You're fi- it's a finalist for the ITW Awards for Best Ebook Original. That's so exciting! Can you tell us a little bit about that and that award?
1: Yeah, sure. So the ITW is the International Thriller Writers, and uh, it has some really big names in. So people like Stephen King and Lee Child, and um, you know all the big um thr- Clive Cussler. I met. I mean, I do love Clive Cussler, and I met him um, the other year, and I was just so thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so those, you know, um, authors of of, um, you know, any age uh, can can um, submit their work or the publishers will submit work to these awards every year. They are judged not on sales, um, but on the quality of writing. So it, they're judged by other thriller authors. And um, so, yes, I'm a I'm a finalist in the final five for Destroyer of Worlds, which is set in India um, and is, you know, it's it's a fun ride a a fun romp through india and and hindu myth um and yeah so that will be announced in july and uh, even if i don't win which i hope i will obviously Mm. but if i don't win it's still validation from my peers that um you know my writing fits into that thriller genre and i think for a lot of writers having other writers judge their work it's very scary but it can also be the most rewarding thing
0: yeah, especially making it as a finalist. That's uh yeah, cuz those like all the big name thriller writers are part of ITW. So it's, uh, it's like it's not just <laughs> Well, the,
1: hopefully I win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fingers
0: crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but it's an honor to be a finalist. So the, <laughs> Yes,
1: exactly. Yes. That's what
0: I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to uh, uh, share is um I know we have some aspiring writers that also listen to this podcast and um, you have a very uh, a website that's so helpful for aspiring writers uh, at the creativepen.com. And I want to share something with you. In 2012, when I was looking at indie writing and publishing, Amanda Hawking was big. And, and, you know, she was like fantasy and she was writing Mm -hmm. about fairies and stuff like that. And I loved to read thrillers. And that's what I wanted to write. And I came across one of your courses. Uh, I wrote it down here. (laughs) I don't think you had it anymore. What was it? Uh, Oh, Pro Writer Secrets for Indies. You You put that out with CJ Lyons. I was yeah, yeah. so He's excited. Thrilled. I'm like two thriller authors that I had heard about you guys. I'd read your books. Uh, I was like, wow. And I, and I got that and it really inspired me. And it really helped me out a lot. So I just wanted to say thank you. <laughs> thank you.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. I think what's so great right now is, you know, people share online what, you know what's working for them and what they do and um yeah cj lyons is a fantastic thriller author and um hybrid author so she does both traditional and indie and it's so great it's such a lovely story and of course there'll be people now who are looking at your stuff and are encouraged by your journey so that's
0: awesome yeah it's like a, yeah it's like a, it keeps yeah moving forward or paying it forward or what do you call that mm. <laughs> yeah so uh with a lot of changes in the in the indie world the last few few years um, any, any advice for People, I mean, they're starting now because I know some people get discouraged sometimes, but uh, it's still such exciting times, I think, for for writing.
1: Yeah, so, well, what I would say is um, I think some people feel like you know, the, the, the peak is past or something. But one, when people say ebook sales are dropping, they're not measuring um ebooks without ISBNs. So all the traditional industry reports only report on ISBNs. And it's something like forty percent of ebooks don't have ISBNs. Certainly none of my e books have ISBNs. So when if you're you know, if you're disheartened because you hear that print books are coming back and e books are dying, that's not actually true. That's just the way they're reporting it. And I would say that we have barely even started yet, because although um, ebook sales, which is where indies make most of their money, which is why I'm mentioning it, um, is you know quite mature in America. So, for example, romances I think about forty percent ebook sales. Thrillers are actually a growth area. It's very dominated by traditional publishing right now, but we are uh, we are on the way, mm-hmm. uh, the indie thriller writers. Um, but essentially, you know, the, the massive growth is going to be in the rest of the world and as I said earlier having this global perspective is very exciting so if you think if you say that okay 30% of, of American readers are reading digitally you're looking at something like you know 10% in Australia 2% in Germany you know 0.001% in India where you know there, there are three times as many English readers in India than there are in England so you know stuff like that in China and um, just oh, so many places that haven't even started with the digital journey yet and there are people there who could be reading your book in English. So when I get excited about where You know our lives as authors are going. I'm just so excited about what's coming next. I feel like we're we're still in the toddling days Mm -hmm. of this um, digital movement and this sort of maker movement. Um, You know, and there's a lot of people now making stuff and um, you know small batch beer and um, you know all kinds of things. And we're part of that movement. We're part of this global shift of people wanting to make things and buy from creators. So there's a shift in both the creation side and the consumption side. Uh, So yeah, we live at such an exciting time. And and I would say to people listening, you know, write what you love, like write what you think is missing. Um, You know, I really loved Frank Peretti when I was growing up. um, And, uh, you know, if people don't know him, he writes sort of books with demons in and I was like why aren't there more books Mm. like this so now I write you know some of my books are like that not all my books have demons by the way (laughs) I just thought I mentioned (laughs) but but in terms of you know the future write what you love and what you think is missing and then look at your publishing options um but it's an it's an amazing world right now and there are readers all over the world who are looking for what you love so be honest um be authentic and write what you love and and see what happens
0: yeah, that's a great yeah, that's great advice and I don't no need to get discouraged I think it's still a very exciting times I agree with you 100%. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I guess I should just say that, you know, I, I do have a, a lot of help at the creative com pen with a double n and I also have a podcast so if people um, want to check out the podcast just look for the creative pen with a double n podcast um, on your whatever device you like listening on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's like a go to go to site to learn for, for aspiring writers and yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, what are you working on now? Uh, what's your uh, you, uh, your your current work in progress?
1: well uh two two things mainly you know one is this new series around maps and cartography but it's so i think when you're thinking about a new series you do have to think about more than one book um so i am i'm waiting until i have you know the the full sort of ideas in my head before i i write it down i know the first scene (laughs) so i keep i'm like i've got to write that scene down but i'm almost waiting until i can't wait any longer on that but i've also got a um because we travelled on the train from uh, Chicago to New Orleans and then we spent a week in New Orleans writing but that um, Demon Hunters book is set on the train so I have all this stuff around New Orleans that I want to write so I'm actually going to start a kind of spin-off series which will be United States of Arcane Mm. um, which will the first book is going to be set in New Orleans and probably Haiti and will be around you know voodoo and because I I learned a lot about voodoo and, and you know what they call voodoo versus hoodoo and hoodoo is all the you know occult stuff and voodoo is this is the actual religion so it's really fascinating so i want to write another arcane book set in america and uh, i have one already one day in new york but this will this will kind of be the start of a new spin-off um and then the maps book so i'm hoping to have lots of that out this year and and also some short stories and you know how it goes there's always more to write
0: oh yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and uh, do you how many how many books do you have like a set goal that you try to publish every year or um
1: well not not so much i mean actually la- i mean last year uh, i only published one novel destroyer of worlds this year i've i put out end of days in january and then american demon hunter sacrifice and i'll definitely have one hope you know maybe even two more by the end of the year so i i think i i feel like this is a, a good year for me <laughs> <laughs> uh in terms of in terms of writing um so, no, I, I don't have a set number per year. Because I'm quite a pantser, I don't necessarily say, well, right, I have to have everything done at this time and and, and that type of thing. Because I write nonfiction as well.
0: been uh, so awesome talking to you. But before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to uh, tell our, our listeners?
1: yeah sure so if you would like to try one of my books um stone of fire is is a free ebook on all platforms so you can always check out stone of fire uh, by jf penn and also you can get a free book on my website jfpen.com forward slash free and that's day of the vikings which is um opens in the british museum and uh, is a a sort of combination of both of my series has characters from both of my series so that's a pretty fun novella if you if you like um uh, vikings set in the modern era <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of fun all right that's awesome well thank you very much uh, for being on the uh, podcast and it was a uh, nice talking to you
1: thanks so much alan
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes it really helps me get the word out if you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode as well as information about the uh, podcast in general and you can also sign up for my mailing list there you'll be getting uh, special offers from our guests as well as information uh, behind the scenes information on the podcast and uh, please do visit my author website at alan i appreciate your support and so until next episode i will talk to you then